Miss Norma sent me some jokes. Try one out today. <laughs> Attending a wedding for the first time, a little girl whispered to her mother, Why is the bride dressed in white? Her mother replied, Because white is the color of happiness, and today is the happiest day of her life. The child thought about this for a moment, and then she said, Then why is the groom dressed in black? (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for using me. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke. Lord, I just thank you that you're here with us today. And that you are ready to heal, deliver, save, break every yoke. Lord, I just pray that the anointing would be so strong and tangible in this place that, uh, that even the bingo players will get saved and healed and delivered and just be drawn to you, Lord. Hello. So everybody in here and in the building next door and in the parking lot outside, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that they will be drawn to you. And let it always be you, Lord, and not me. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles. You got it. Thank you, that those of you that bring your Bibles. I'd like you to know that what I'm talking about is in your Bible, too. I know that a lot of you are more technical these days, and that's okay, whatever. Sometimes you can't keep up anyway, so you might just write down a list of the scriptures and then study it out later and go back and listen. (laughs) Speaking of listeners, I want to say hello to those of you in all the way from Singapore to San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo, I see you, buddy. Thank you. God bless you. God is doing great things in your life. Chicago. Canada, Brazil, Frankfurt, Germany. Praise God, you are a blessing. And uh, even Russia. Pray for praying for y'all right now. Praying for the Ukraine. Praying for all who will hear this message today or in the future. The anointing is present and strong. God bless you. John chapter 6. Verses 63 through 69. I'm going to tell you, this is Jesus speaking in John chapter 6, verses 63 through 69. And he had been speaking for a little while. Lots of his disciples were there. Not just the twelve, original, but... There were lots of disciples, lots of students of his, lots of those who were following him, and some for good reasons, others for selfish reasons, others to do him harm, as it always was in his three and a half year ministry. But on this day, it was very interesting. This is the day that Jesus stood up and told everybody, I'm the bread of life, and Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And there are lots of Pharisees and Sadducees and teachers of the law, the Hebrews that were always critical and very religious of him, for the most part, there. And they're always looking for something to trip him up. On this day, Jesus says down and around the 50... Uh, he's talking about being the bread of life and down into the 53rd verse because they're already disputing amongst themselves how, how can this how can this man say these things and what does this mean all this stuff and so in the 53rd verse Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you And then he didn't even explain it. Listen, they weren't used to communion back then. Hello. This sounded like a crazy man talking to them. I mean, think about it. 
You know what that means now. They did not. And all he said, lest you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And then did not bother to explain himself. (laughs) And look, I'm going to start at the 60th verse. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? Verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. or profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. Verse 65. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. Verse 66. Chapter 6, verse 66. 666. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Spirit of Antichrist, right there. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away too? You want to leave too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, there is so much in that to think about and consider. But in the times we live in, this is a very, very important message and God has been talking to me and I mean, you talk about spiritual warfare. I've been in it. This week, trying to hear God, I mean, a thousand things. I, I, I just say, I'm going to minister this. But I let the peace of God rule in my heart to the best of my ability. And so yesterday, after trying to hear him all week and really trying to hear him for a couple of weeks because I'm about to start my rodeo commitment for the week uh, and I'm going to be very busy, so... I just didn't have peace about anything. And then yesterday morning, I'm like, okay, I've got, this is it. I got to, I just got to press in. I got to get along, alone with the Lord. And I I just, Lord, I need to hear you clearly. I need to hear you. So what's he do? He picks a fight with me and my wife on her way to work. And that takes away my peace, of course. I, 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 I don't like that. <laughs> it wasn't anything terrible. I mean, by the time she got home, I mean, we just fine, loved on each other and all that. But I, you know, it wasn't, it's just my, my, my point is, the truth is, uh, you know, the enemy hates it. He hates it. Jesus put truth before relationship. need you to understand what I mean by that. He said, my words are life-giving spirit. Hmm? Apart from them, apart from the truth of God, not the world's truth, (laughs) but God's truth, there's there's no life. There's no life. Only darkness. So there's no relationship with God outside of truth. Y'all with me? So, saying, why can't we all just love one another? It sounds very nice. Sounds good. It's really just 
lifting up the uh, hollow form of love. I mean, I love John Lennon's song. Imagine. It's a beautiful thing. And no one would disagree that that's a wonderful concept. But I want to tell you something. You know when that's going to manifest? When Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom on the earth. And you need to know that. We can't base everything on a a worldly perception of love, which is really just lust, seeks to get its own needs met over the truth that sets people free. (laughs) Amen. God's truth alone is what produces the agape, unconditional love for others that we are called to. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, says, Having purified your souls, that's your mind and will and emotions, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Fellowship and communion with others outside of His truth isn't what the Lord has called us to. You say, no, that was His only command is to love. I didn't say He didn't tell us not to love. I said He didn't call us to love in a relational type of love that's apart from His truth or in disagreement or at odds with His truth. Jeremiah 10.23, remember the scripture I always quote says, I know, Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Folks, we will never ever get it right apart from the truth and guidance of God's word. That's right. Yeah. Not knowing God, matter of fact, I would say is the root of all religion and superstition and fear. Yeah? You know, the Chinese government is rewriting this Bible to make Jesus out to be a sinner. Probably, probably won't change his name. Probably try to pass it off as the real thing. Isn't that what the devil would do? Yeah. Probably leave a lot of it intact. Yeah. Then they can make it legal. See. Then they have to quit finding and dragging out all these people in these underground churches. If they could just get the devil to run it for them, then it'd be legalized. You got to understand it's a spiritual battle. Paul went to uh, Greece and he was in Athens. And it says, and mind you now that this is, you know, they refer to the Greeks in the Bible all the time, the Jews and the Greeks. And he's talking about unbelievers. They're talking about the, 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 those, uh, the, the, The elitist, the, the educated elitist of the day <laughs> that, you know, that, that was the Greeks, you know. So for him to stand up in a place like that, that, that what's it called, the Areopagus or whatever you call it. Anyway, that's where he was, right there in Athens. And he stood up and standing in the midst of them. Now, remind you, this is like... This is like us going to Wall, in the middle of Wall Street or onto a Harvard campus or many of the other big universities that, uh, that you know, if you, their only commitment is if you send your child there with any faith to make sure they don't leave with it, you know. So Paul was being pretty brave and he got rewarded for it, believe me. Not in a good way, but he did from God eventually. <laughs> 
But standing in the midst of the Areopagus said, Men of Athens, this is brilliant. He says, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And they thought he was complimenting them. He wasn't. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, again, not complimenting, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What wherefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Oh man, he found an inroad. In other words, all these gods and things that they worshipped and prayed to, and he found one that, that was just to an unknown God, just to cover their bases in case they had missed any. He says, this one that you call unknown, I, I know him. And I want to talk to you about him. So he got their attention. And see, if you know this one, he's going to He's going to get rid of all the others. He's a jealous God. There are no other gods before him. They're not really gods at all. And all they do when they worship them is just open up the door for the devil and his demonic spirits to come in and eat your lunch and pop the bag. Amen. He doesn't have to remain unknown, you see, now. He's been revealed. He's no, there's no longer a secret with God. That his secret was Jesus, and He's been revealed now. And the old covenant was all in type and shadow. Now, we have the real deal. Amen. Amen. Religion can't save you. 1 John 4.18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. God is love, and in Him we have all provision of faith over fear, faith in His love, faith in His goodness, faith in His provision, in His faithfulness, in His healing, in His deliverance, in His peace, in His salvation, in His eternal life. Come on. Amen. Nothing to fear. Jesus is here. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, Adam and Eve, they had it going on in the garden, didn't they? They, they were doing all right. Everything was perfect, actually. And then, the fact that they had no worries, no sin in their lives, they were friends and fellowship with God, and hung out in Him and walked with Him in the cool of the day, in the garden. I mean... Just fellowship with God and each other. It was awesome. But then, they believed a negative report about God, didn't they? Yes. About His goodness, about His love and faithfulness. And they listened to that lying devil, and then they lost fellowship with God. Genesis 3, verses 8 through 10. And they, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Just like always. But this time, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. When we submit to the devil, he always brings fear, shame. He's not your friend. He's not your friend. He wants you dead. All fellowship, all relationship they had enjoyed with God was gone in a flash when they turned away from the truth and believed the lie. 
And so what happened? They had to leave. God put the angels there to keep them from coming back in. Not because he didn't care about people, but because now the seed had been corrupted. Sin had entered in. They had lost fellowship with God. And they had given authority to the devil. And they had become evil. Their hearts were, were basically desperately evil. And they were without hope, without salvation, without help. Nothing they were going to be able to do to fix it. If they wouldn't have been kept out of that garden and the tree of life, they would have lived forever. And God did not allow that. People turn to religion. But religion isn't relationship. And as long as darkness ruled the earth, relationship with God was impossible. I'm going to tell you about five R's. God showed me five R's. Religion, redemption, relationship, receiving, and relying upon. Thank you, God, for grace. That great number five I love to talk about. you got the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, creation, into which corruption entered in. Stuck on four we were. Thanks be to God for His amazing grace. Redemption. Reconciliation. Remember I talked about Peter last week? That reconciliation, that breakfast on the beach. Now it can be for all of us. Praise be to God. Jesus opened the door. To restore that relationship with God. In 2 Corinthians 5.19 it says, That is in Christ, God the Father was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Colossians 1.13 says, He, again God the Father, has delivered us from the dom- domain of darkness... And transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Praise God. Ephesians 2 verses 12 through 14. Remember that you were at that time prior to your salvation. Separated from Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. The folks that did know God or were chosen by God. And strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope. And without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, verses 17 through 18. Here's this relationship again. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were dear. For through him we both, that means everyone, have access in one spirit to the Father. That's the Holy Spirit. Also known as the Spirit of Truth. Amen. Hallelujah. So, now we have access by faith into this grace, to this relationship with the Father provided by Jesus. Amen. Amen. But, let's talk about receiving a little bit. This relationship isn't just done for, for us. It says the grace of God, Titus 2, 11, 12 says the grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared to all men. Are all men saved? No. Also says grace is a teacher and it teaches us how to live upright and godly lives in this present evil age. Are all, even all believers living upright and godly lives in this? No. We got a part to play. There's a, There's a positive response required to the grace of God. It's our faith. Hmm? It's not just done for us. It's not just we're all God's children like the world says. It sounds good, folks. And and God would like nothing better than for everyone to be His child. 
But we're not all God's children. Maybe we all are here. Thanks be to God. I believe that to be the case. I have total peace about that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But the whole world is not God's children like they talk about. It's not going to just happen on our terms either. That's the problem with the ones that say, let's just love one another and to each his own. Que sera, sera. I know people that professes, that they call them, they professors, not possessors. They call themselves Christians, but then they defend every other religion. Now listen, I'll lay down my life for for somebody being attacked. You know, I, I'm not going to turn on somebody because they're not my enemy. Spiritually, they are, but they don't know that, you see. My battle is not against flesh and blood. I do love them all. But I, as a Christian, I'm not going to stand up and say, it's okay. I'm okay with Jesus. You're okay with your guy. And you're okay with your still dead guy. And you're okay with your guy, even though he's... They all three said before they died, I'm not the way and I don't know the meaning of life. <laughs> Talking about Muhammad and Buddha and whoever else there is. There's another one in there somewhere. I'm not trying to think of <laughs> Nevertheless, the point is, that would do them, I would not love them. That would not be the agape love. That would be the world's kind of love for me to tell them they're okay. When I know their end. Wouldn't it? Which way is easier? The world's way to tell them that or just to go along? Yeah. Even old dead fish can float downstream, you see. takes effort to swim against the current. (laughs) John chapter 1 verse 2 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Are you hearing that? Even to them that believe on his name. This awesome relationship, this privilege can't be taken for granted, folks. It has to be possessed. We have to take hold of it by faith. Cherish it. Nurture it. Respect it. Value it. Grow in it. Don't let it be one-sided like... Many of the relationships of the world. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And then some. It can't be earned. It can't be bought. It can't be microwaved. And it can't be neglected and expected to thrive. We have to believe. We have to put our trust in Jesus. We need to get to know Him. Surrender our lives to Him. All of you in exchange for all of Him. And believe me, you're going to get the better deal out of that. That's it. We need to take possession of our new identity. So many people confused about their identity. Well, here, here. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this is Jesus without eyeballs right here. The Word made flesh. It'll tell you all about who you are. Won't be any confusion. Because He loves you. Because He loves you. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All things have become new, says the King James. 
Your new life in Christ. You're a new creation. God didn't just patch you up and fix you up and do some behavior modification and send you back out. Mm-mm. You died. You were right there in Christ on that cross. And you need to believe that. Talk about having to understand supernatural things without the Spirit. It's impossible. But if you really have Jesus, He said, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me. They they have another voice they will not follow. So you know this is all bearing witness in your spirit. It's taking root. It's bearing fruit. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. Talking about our salvation coming by grace through faith. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Remember, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you are spirit, soul, and body. You, you really need to understand spirit, soul, and body before you can ever understand your salvation and how God can love you and how, and how you were perfected and now you have the kingdom of God and the mind of Christ and you're sealed and perfected forever. Well, well that's just one third of you. Your spirit, which you cannot discern with your natural senses, folks. Now, we're trying to work out that which is in. All the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control of God are right here. And you need to work them out into this soulish realm as you renew your mind, your personality, your will, and emotions, your soul. Through the washing of the water of the word. Amen. And then this thing will just follow suit. Hallelujah. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. Come on. We were all there. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Okay, you got saved. The world didn't. All right? That's why we don't judge them. Thank God. Sheep were not meant to carry packs on their backs. But we ain't going to tell them it's okay. We ain't going to call evil good. If you ask me a direct question, I'm going to tell you what God says. And I'm going to tell you how much He loves you and how much I I love you and how much He died for you. And how much He wants you to be His Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, okay? So we can relate, just like Jesus, although he was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. But it makes him someone we can talk to, though, amen? Amen. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, that's the soul, and were by nature children of wrath. We were born that way. Your sin didn't make you a sinner. You were born a sinner. You had a corrupted sin nature. And now that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He evicted that old nature. He put you to death and He restored, renewed your spirit and sealed it with the promised Holy Spirit. Now your sin don't make you a sinner. You're still a child of God. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Where was I? Like the rest of mankind. But God. I love that. We never stop short of the but God. Hmm? Yeah, this sickness tried to come against me. But God said. But God being rich in mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Not on our merits, folks. Not because of our goodness or good behavior. Nothing we did to earn it. By grace you've been saved. Romans 5.1 Since we have been justified, just as if I had never sinned, made righteous. That means made to be in right standing with God by faith 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Apart from Jesus, no peace. So now, we need to shed that old thinking, don't we? Be renewed in our minds by washing of the water of the Word, the truth of God. We need to possess that new identity. Possess the fact that we are righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need to stand in the mirror and say that until you don't have to look away. Right standing in Him and our, our purpose. Our purpose is revealed through our new identity, folks. John 17, 3, Jesus, on that fateful night, He, he was praying to the Father and He stopped and he, he, he explained to God the Father what eternal life was. I thought that was weird. John 17, 3, He's praying to the Father and then He goes, and this is eternal life, that they know You, the one true God, and Your Son, Jesus Christ, whom You have sent. And I said, well, what? did He not know before, Lord? He said, no, silly, that was for you. (laughs) Yes, sir. I think I knew that. I still got a little smarty pants in me, Lord, forgive me. (coughs) He said, I know. I felt that on the cross. Took that one too. Thank you, Lord, I love you. You say, well, I don't feel very righteous. I don't feel sanctified, set apart, and made holy and righteous. And I don't care how you feel about that. I just want you to believe it. I don't care about your am sick. I care about you were healed. Huh? I kicked my dog yesterday, you say. I cussed my husband out. <laughs> I live in poverty. I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm frustrated and hopeless. I, I need to be delivered from all this. Please, just help me. I get it. You know, I've... Just like Miss Cheryl here, I've seen people supernaturally delivered from demonic oppression, possession, oppression, call it what you want, from sickness, from all sorts of things. But, you know, in these epistles, and I'm not against our powerful ministries, thank God that they're in the body because... And thank God for doctors even. Most of Christians would be dead without them. Because none of us are living up to our level of, of inheritance. But we want to be. And God doesn't love us any less. Bingo. Come on in. Jackpot right here. See? They can't resist. What? I'm getting pulled this way. Watch what happens. <laughs> but none of these epistles do they talk about deliverance. It's a real thing. Don't get me wrong. I've seen it. Can't unscramble these eggs. I've done it. But my point is what you really need is this truth. Yes. Huh? This truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. A lasting, true, complete, and total victory and deliverance that comes through the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. We need to learn to rely upon it. It's like being... This Word, when you get a hold of this, I, I, I just I hate it when people just... They don't read. It's okay. You know, I'm not talking about people reading the Bible. Not right. I'm not condemning anything, picking on anyone. But I hate the mindset that it's a. 
あのですねえうう like a burden like a chore it's not it's an opportunity it's a beautiful love letter you know you know what the Lord was showing me this morning while I was sitting with him drinking my coffee trying to keep the dog and the cat off of me I said, get off me it's not time to play I'm trying to be spiritual here The Lord showed me. He says, "You know, just, just, just tell him this." He says, "Just, just tell him it's a lot. It's like, like being lied to about everything in your whole life for your whole life. It's all a lie, and it's all been beating you down and beating you up, discouraging you, and and all of it is just ugly." And it's all been a lie. And finally you get a beautiful letter from someone telling you all the truth about it all. And it's all good. And it sets you free. And it exalts you. And tells you that come to find out you royalty. And, and you have a huge inheritance and a blessing. And you're loved and provided for. That's it. That's what this book is. This is the word of God. This is not a book written by men about God. All scripture is God breathed. Given by inspiration of God. He used men to write it down. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit wrote this book. I got a whole chapter in here that's an autobiography of him. Show you sometime. (laughs) In closing here, Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read this to you from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32 about your new life. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles or the unbelievers do. In the futility of their minds, of their souls, you see. They're darkened in their understanding. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance, not knowing this, that is in them due to their hardness of heart. See, God's trying to reach them. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that's not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self. See, there's a part to play. There's a part to play. He's telling you, you've got to put this on. You've got to do it on purpose. It has to be deliberate. To put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's who you are. This life is not an event. It is coming into the light out of darkness. Putting you on a path. And that light gets brighter and brighter and brighter. As you progress along that path. Forgot what proverb that is. It's beautiful though. Therefore having put away all falsehood. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Hello. That's the real relationship. We're after it. Now I, I, I want to be your friend. I want to. I want to. I want to have fellowship with you. But I, I can't do it on worldly terms. Now, I, I, I've come to know the truth. You can't unscramble these eggs. I've got to tell you about Jesus. I've got to tell you what God says. Because there's protection and provision in that, you see. And that's where we need to establish this relationship. This is where we need to talk. This is how we need to talk. This is who we need to pattern our lives after. I want to meet you in heaven one day. Yes. 
I want to talk about all the things He's done. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is as good for building up or edifying as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Don't be mean no more. <laughs> be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So how, 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 how often do I have to forgive? Well, Peter asked that question, remember? Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother in the day? Seven times? He was trying to brag. The law was three. He doubled it and thought he'd had one for good measure. Jesus said, no, let's just start with 777. Oh, Lord, increase our faith. It's the only thing. He said, go heal the sick and... Opened blind eyes and deaf ears. And they, okay, good. They went out and did it. And he said, forgive. Always forgive. And forgive quickly. Lord, increase our faith. It is supernatural, folks, to forgive everybody of everything. It doesn't mean you're saying it's okay. You're just trusting God with it. And getting on about your business in freedom. Be free. Baby, be free. Hand it to the real judge. Knowing that he's good. He'll handle it. But you can't make him do it your way and in your time. You just need to trust that he will handle it. And until you've been hanging on the cross, beaten and whipped and assaulted and beard pulled out, and spit on and cursed and mocked and shamed, and forgive all those that are doing it to you. You haven't lived up to the standard you called to. So just keep on doing it. You don't lose until you quit showing up with God. Amen. Amen. You're going to stumble. I told you yesterday. The enemy. That loser. You know what we did? We just fixed it. No more inroad. No more stealing my peace. Fix it. Fix it quick. This is the new life. We have to take possession of our new identity. Our authority. Our God's truth. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. There's a promise. Give him no place. No inroads into our lives. We have to forget, forgive everyone of everything. Just as we were forgiven by God. I know these things are simple. But Peter said, repetition is good in God. I'm going to keep reminding you of these things. Amen? Amen. Beloved, the whole, the whole kingdom of God awaits you. It's yours. But to, you, have to, you have to take possession you have to take it. Take possession of the land that God has given you. The land of promises. Yes. The old covenant was a promised land. That was type and shadow of the land of promises that we've entered into now. And all the promises of God, about 8,000 of them here, in Christ are yes and amen for all of His children. Amen. Find it. Claim it. Speak it. Believe it. Don't settle for anything less. True prosperity awaits you, folks. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, materially. Do you believe me? You have to partner with God. You have a part to play. It's a relationship. You partner with Him and you do it His way. 
He said, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Name is 3.3. Three, three. He's not saying it. You go in there and tell him how you want to walk and he's supposed to get in line with you. He's already doing it perfectly. Yes. <laughs> line up with him. Get in lockstep. Amen? His way. By his truth. The only truth. You know, the problem with the new normals that they keep talking about, these worldly standards, is they keep getting worse, folks. (laughs) God hasn't changed. They keep getting farther from God. That's the problem. We're entering into a third great awakening in this country, in this nation, in this world, in the body of Christ. It's going to be awesome. You need to jump on board. I'm done. I just want to quote one one thing from you. There was a great man of God named William Booth. He said, The chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, Politics without God and heaven without hell. Y'all blessed today? You know God loves you? I love you too. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that we have come to know you and you are our Lord and King, Savior. Master, brother, friend, kinsman, redeemer, Lord of lords. We love you, Lord. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we have come to the Father by you. Thank you, Lord, that you have written our names in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for loving us so perfectly and for sharing your truth, which will help us to walk the path that you have for us with your light shining brighter and brighter as we go and come closer to you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.